You pretend to be separate, to have your own code, something that makes up for the horrors. But they are part of you, and they will never go away. Today was meant to be a display of your power. Instead, I give you a glimpse of the devastation my race can unleash upon yours. Let this be a warning to the world. And to my mutant brothers and sisters out there, I say this. No more hiding. No more suffering. You have lived in the shadows and shame and fear for too long. Come out. Join me. Fight together in a brotherhood of our kind. Uncanny Mystic Minds Podcast. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Uncanny Mystic Minds. So for today, I want to get back to this book, Practical Magic for Beginners. Um, I remember we were doing, uh, I don't know, some time ago, we were were doing stuff about wards and uh, activating wards in regards to this book. Uh, It has like techniques and rituals on how to focus magical energy. And um, yeah, so for today, I was thinking... uh, I would like to go to chapter seven where it talks about working with energy fields. And so, uh, yeah, some pretty cool stuff on this. And yeah, so I want to kind of get into this here. So here we go. So working with energy fields. We're accustomed to thinking of the world as being composed of either energy or matter. That's a true and valid point of view. And it is helpful for doing certain kinds of science. Another valid way of looking at the world is that everything in it, in it is a form of energy. There are differences in the types of energy. Each individual energy interacts in different ways with its neighbors. Uh, Ritual magicians learn how to sense, observe, and work with those energies. We'll start with our own energy field. We've practiced moving the aura and observing our own and other people's auras. The auras of untrained people tend to flow into the energies of the places surrounding it. Magicians learn how to harden the edge of the aura so that we consciously choose when we will exchange energy, permitting some energies to interact with us while excluding those that are harmful to our physical and emotional health. Hardening the aura generates what some magical discipline call a shield. A shield is an energy wall that we can choose to put up into place and take down at any time. So here's the shield. All right, so... We can do this exercise in a place where you will not be disturbed. First, center yourself. Visualize and sense your aura as it is now. Oh, excuse me. Now visualize and feel your aura forming an oval or egg shape about a foot from your physical skin. Visualize and feel a layer of white light coating the outside of this uh, shield. Starting above your head and moving down around the surface of the shield until it reaches the space between your feet. Give yourself an affirmation, like, my aura is impermeable when I wish it to be, or I raise my shield whenever I desire. Take a deep breath, let it out, and relax your aura, allowing it to return to its starting color, temperature, location. Alright, so, continue to practice this exercise until you can snap your shield into place the second you think about it. Experiment with different colors. Try making the shield out of red, blue, green, or yellow light. 
Do you experience different temperature, textures, or hardnesses with different colors? We can use the shield to protect ourselves when we are in the presence of someone whose energy we wish to avoid. For example, if someone is shouting at us and throwing anger in our direction, we can shield ourselves and choose to separate ourselves from the anger energy. This can also help help us to avoid becoming angry ourselves. We have worked with the energy channels in the body, the central column, and also the channels flowing down the arms and legs. When we generate energy fields and channel energy to charge an object, we will direct energy along the central column. It is important that energy flows freely from the central column. To check on that, we will take a look at the centers of the energy located along the central column and the chakras. Chakra means wheel, and that's just what they are. Wheels are circulating spheres of energy. They act like the organs of the body, concentrating and directing particular kinds of energy. Different traditions recognize different chakras, although there is a great deal of overlap between them. You may find that you recognize energy centers at other places than those listed here. However, you will almost certainly find that you have at least the following chakras. All right, so now we're going to hear, uh, get into the chakras. So uh, on here on this book, they're going to be talking about it from the, from the top down. So starting off with the crown, the crown chakra. This spear, usually visualized as white, is located a little above your head. This chakra gives out and takes in energy and collects and directs energies we might call spiritual. In those people who have roused kundalini, a sexual energy located at the base chakra, the, the crown chakra is quite warm and the top of the head may actually soften. Yeah, I've talked about this uh, with uh, my buddy, the NY Patriot, before uh, we were talking about chakras in this area. And I remember talking about uh, the top of your head, like, you know, how that's like where the baby has its soft spot. And uh, I even compared it to, to like a dolphin blowhole, you know, and so that's where I imagine the the crown uh, emanating from once it goes up, you know, towards the, the cosmos or whatever. All right, so now we're going to go to the brow, the brow chakra, sometimes called the third eye and visualized as blue. This chakra is located on the forehead midway between your two eyes. This chakra has to do with psychic seeing, insight, dreaming, intuition, the faculties beyond consciousness. Sometimes before I do a scrying session, I touch my brow chakra with an oil and herb and say, may I see clearly? All right, so here's the throat. The throat chakra, this chakra is a roughly centered in the hollow of your throat and visualized as purple. For me, it's a light blue. It has to do with how you communicate, how you share and receive insights, and how powerful you experience yourself as being in the world. Here's the heart, the heart chakra located in the middle of the chest between and just below the two breasts. This chakra is visualized as fiery red. Oh, I don't like these colors, man. Red has nothing to do with red. No, mm, you know, I guess in different books, there's obviously different references. And this is an older book for sure. So I don't know. I don't really agree. Um, yeah, I, I always talk about how the, the main chakra is like green like an emerald green if anything or it could be like a forestish kind of green and then the higher heart chakra is like a pink you know um, all right so anyway um the solar plexus here 
This chakra can be felt at the base of your diaphragm and roughly the middle of your abdomen. It is yellow, the color of warm of the warm sun. This center governs your perception of energy in the world around you. The genital chakra, or the sacral. This chakra is located at your pubic bone and collects and shares sexual energy. This chakra can be seen as red or orange. So for me, this is a, a orange, pale orange. Then the ground chakra. This chakra is located midway between the feet and right along the central column. The ground chakra governs your contact with the energies of earth and is usually seen as green. Now, for, for me, this is red. <laughs> so I guess, uh, you know, everyone has it a little bit different. All right. So we're going to go to energizing the chakras. So do this exercise in a room where you can be alone. Stand with your feet at shoulders width apart. Take a few deep breaths. Visualize and feel your crown chakra. See and feel white light flowing into your uh into you through the crown chakra. Slowly direct the white light downward toward your brow and all the way down, uh, all the way down to chakras. So, and then, uh, yeah, I'm not gonna get into all the details of that one. Um, as you move energy down the column, you might encounter a thickening, a tangle, or a block in one or more of the chakras. This indicates where you might have some issues. To clear the block, first you can identify the issue, then address the issue, and then energize the chakra. Uh, you might immediately understand what the issue is that is blocking the chakra. If you don't, you can use your expanded senses to identify what's happening. You can do a scrying session with the question, what is causing this block? Before you fall asleep, you can give yourself the aff affirmation, I dream about the cause of the block in my chakra. So there's different, th those are pretty cool practical ways. All right, so keeps talking about the chakras here i'm gonna skip a little bit forward all right so we're gonna get to clearing blocks all right so in a private room stand with your feet at shoulders width apart take a few deep breaths visualize and sense the white light entering your crown okay this is just like earlier don't force the energy through the chakra let it gently push and gradually untangle the knotted energy threads when you do this exercise you might get flashes of visions feelings or memories associated with the block this is sometimes called clearing junk this can be an intense experience you may find you have a lot of emotion or energy tied up in the block take the clearing at your own pace and don't force yourself to move faster than you can handle if the chakra does not clear after several sessions this indicates a more serious problem you might have an issue that you need to uh, work on in therapy. Also, some blocks are simply hardwired due to physical or emotional experiences, particularly in childhood. Yeah, for me, I don't know. I'm like thinking about, uh, like, I must have had, well, obviously some stuff in my sacral, you know. I guess like when even memories as a young person, as a kid, they get stored in there too. And then, uh, like for me, I noticed there was something always off with that. And then... Uh, I think yoga is a, something that's really helped me out because uh, it brought like awareness to it. And then um, I remember back, you know, some years ago when I started getting into yoga and I, I immediately noticed results in my hips. Like I couldn't believe how freaking tight my hips were. And then I could like just physically see difference, let alone feel and, and other. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty trippy how, how this kind of stuff works and, and, uh, 
and it's like an ongoing thing because it's like you have to like i like i work through myself every day like every day i have to push through my body in a sense uh as best i can and then so all right let's continue with the book so in that case you may send energy through the central column and simply move around the block like a stream flowing around a rock the energy of the body interacts with the energy fields around us chapter one we practice drawing energy from deep within the earth and from the sun and the moon refining that technique we can also exchange energy with specific places however it's important to notice the kind of energy in a place some places have a positive impact on people while others are negative or hostile one way to find out about the energy of a place is to learn a little bit about the history Around the world, there are places that are known to be healing, particularly springs for drinking and hot springs for bathing. Yeah, all right. There are also places that are cut off from the energy of the natural world. Big warehouses stores are made of cement with no windows, positioned in the middle of large parking lots with no trees and no places, no good places to try to exchange energy with the earth. So there it's helpful to keep yourself shielded and it's probably a good idea to connect with the earth again when you've left the store by doing the mountain exercises in your front yard or neighborhood park some houses capture the energies of people who have lived and died there haunted houses often come with stories uh, people who visit or live there have noticed areas of cold that have seen ghostly figures in specific places if we inadvertently find ourselves in a haunted house we might encounter a spirit register sensations or visualizations or dream about events that have occurred uh, that have occurred in the house the spirits or ener energetic memories in the house are often confused and occasionally are hostile to living humans again it's a good idea to protect yourself in such environments few houses are as dramatic as this however each home has an energy of its own composed partly of the energy of the land on which it's built partly of the energy put into the house by its builders and partly of the residue of thought of emotion left by others who have lived there. All right, so it's a good idea to investigate the energy of the place where you live. You can also try this exercise in a park. All right, so... Um, excuse me. This next one is called Sensing a Place. So lower your shield so that your aura is freely exchanging energy with your environment walk around the place do you immediately register any feelings or images is there a is there a particular place that feels different than others now next sit on a chair or bench where it's quiet extend your roots down into the earth bring the energy of the place up into your body do you have any feelings or images about this energy then do some scrying if you're inside, you can use a bowl of water. Outside, close your eyes and bring your visual, visualiza visualization sc uh, screen. Ask the question, what is the energy of this place? If you're sleeping in the place, in a bedroom or a house or camping, you can induce a dream about it. Before you sleep, give yourself your affirmation, I dream about the energy of this place. Outside spaces can be tranquil, like a Japanese garden or a park or a waterfall. Most houses have a, re a reasonably friendly, somewhat confused energy when we first encounter it. In addition to sensing the existing energies, you can also generate energy fields to protect the physical space just as you use a personal shield to protect your own body. 
So this is shielding a, a place. Sit in a quiet room, center yourself, take a few deep breaths, close your eyes, bring your, your visualization screen and visualize the place where you live, your room, apartment, house, boat, trailer, whatever the place is that is your space. Now imagine a shield of white light surrounding the space. The white light protects you from any negative energies. We can also put up a shield around a car, motorcycle, bike. These shields will tend to fade away unless we reinforce them frequently. However, if we anchor the field to an object, it can remain solid for much longer periods of time. We will learn more about this in the next chapter. All right. In the next chapter, we learn to create a personal shield, energize our chakras, clear blocks, investigate the energy of a place, take up, uh, make a simple shield around a physical space. And next, we'll investigate ways to cleanse things and place and places that have confused or harmful energies. Fill them uh, with helpful and consciously chosen energies and maintain energy fields around places so that they stay clean and safe. All right, now we're going to get into the energies of objects. So objects come with their own energies, both those that they naturally embody and those that they accumulate uh, through being in specific places or being handled by specific people. Some objects, especially plants and stones, have very strong natural energy. Magicians use these in magical rites for their particular properties. Other objects are constructed specifically to contain a particular kind of magical charge. In, gen oh, excuse me. in general, when we work with an object, we will clean the object of an accumulated foreign energy and charge the object with specific energy to act for a specific purpose. All right, now we're going to get into handling objects. So before we can work with an object, we need to take a reading of its current energetic state. Picking up an object and learning about its history is called uh, psychometry. Oh, excuse me. This is a variation of the skills we have already learned. So psychometry is an especially helpful skill to have on tap if you're using an object you picked up at an antique shop. You may have no other source of information about the object that, uh, than the impressions that you get from it. Holding it in the store, you can decide whether uh, this object is appropriate for the use you've chosen for it, or if it's better to go on searching. All of us in our magical careers are called upon to handle an object with negative energy. The following technique is good for handling someone else's magically charged objects without either draining the energy or leaving any energy of your own on them so like your personal shield this is a technique you might be called upon to use at a moment's notice for example if a magical friend asks will you hold this tool for me in a minute uh, you can use the glove to isolate yourself from the magical charge of the object and also protect uh, the object from picking up any of your energy all right we're going to get into cleansing Cleansing an object means stripping it of its energies it has accumulated that we don't want uh, that we don't want it, it to have. For example, when we buy a cup in a store that we wish to use as a magical tool, we definitely want to clean it of the, of its energies of the other people who picked it up, thinking about buying it. The energy of the maker is bound into the object and can't be cleaned away. So don't buy a magical tool from someone from someone you don't like. Magicians usually use physical earth like dirt and water as cleansing agents. Some magical tools like your knife 
can be buried in the earth for a period of time. Most often, we'll use water for the purpose. If the object is small, like a ring, it can be immersed in the water. Larger objects can be sprinkled with water. We can add a cleansing agent to the water. Some herbs like lavender work well. Most often, magicians add salt to water for cleansing. Salt made from salt water is the best cleansing agent. If you live by a sea or ocean, you can make it by you can make it by microwaving salt water until the water evaporates at the salt and the salt is left. Salt is not a good choice. However, if it will uh, if it will corrode the tool that is being cleansed, such as a knife blade, we need to be careful how we dispose of salt water. Salt is harmful to plants, so if we dump the salt water out in the same place of our lawn over and over, we'll brown the grass. We'll also want to be careful where we throw the water, especially if we used it uh, to clean really negative energies from an object, so that the negative energy is properly disposed of. It's best to throw cleansing water into other water, preferably running water, like uh, the toilet bowl will do in a pinch. All right, so um, talks about cleansing objects. Um, let's see. All right, we're going to talk about charging. So once the object or space is clean, you can fill it with energy. All right. All right, charging. Okay. okay, so pick an object that you would like to infuse with energy. For example, a small box you will use to hold magical items. To start, fill a bowl with water to cleanse the box with. Sprinkle the box with water, saying, You are clean. Visualize and feel the accumulated, confused energies of the people who have touched it flowing away. Light a, light a white candle. Pass the box over a candle, saying, You are charged to protect my stones. Be careful to not pass the box so closely the flame that you char it. Now stand in front of the object. Center yourself by becoming aware of one point. Take a few deep breaths. As you inhale, see the white light flowing into your energy body uh, through the crown center all the way down the central column to the ground chakra between your feet. Feel the energy return back up the central column to your one point. Hold your hands above the object and inhale. As you exhale, visualize and sense your energy moving from your one point through your arms, through your palms and into the box. See and feel the box completely bathed in white light. When you feel the box has absorbed enough energy, touch the ground with your hands to wick off any excess energy. Stop pulling energy through your crown chakra and let the energy fall down your central column into earth. Alright, so uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. I like that. Um, the next the next chapter is uh, energy for protection. And... Um, yeah, we had gotten into this one before, so yeah, we're gonna end it right there. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. You know, it kind of give you some insight into like some like ritualistic tactics that you can use for that. And, um, it's pretty practical, and, and it's I think it's pretty smart. You know, I know we didn't get along with the chakra thing. <laughs> we didn't see eye to eye on the colors, but uh, you know, uh, I mean, technically it is a, a bit of semantics, and then. Uh, I mean, the meanings were pretty spot on. So I guess, you know, as long as the meaning's on, then the rest, you know, we can kind of uh, not trip too much off of. So, yeah. All right, guys. Well, I hope you guys had a good time listening to Practical Magic for Beginners, Techniques and Rituals to Focus Magical Energy. And um, 
and it's by Brandy Williams. So hope you guys enjoyed that, and uh, we will be catching you guys on the next episode. Peace. Uncanny Mystic Minds Podcast.